the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. Yes, you are. You are listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro from the Real Life Amphitheater on the campus of River City Community Church. Pastor Sean, how are you? If I was any better, yeah, here I'd be Hosting you. another show on, <laughs> on KTSA or something. I know that You'd guy. be Trey Ware. No, I'm <laughs> no, kidding. No. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's a Dave Ramsey thing, right? What's that? Well, didn't he say that? What's his catchphrase? When you, I don't know. If, if I was any better, I'd be you. If I was any better, there'd be two of me, yeah. you know? Better than I deserve. That's better than I deserve. Yeah. And that's, that's, actually, that's actually good. Yeah. Everybody's got their little hook there, and there you go. Yep. I sense, though, I'm not going to go there, Pastor Sean, but we'll, we'll talk about the NFL another time. Oh. It's a bad, bad week number two. Oh, 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 so don't. Sad. Why'd you bring it up? I was having a good day. <laughs> you know what? You know what's happy? Balloons. Kids love balloons. Pastor balloons. <laughs> Let's go. And there. we got balloons. Big time. Be yes. There. Yes. September 29th and 30th, uh, the Remax Skylight Balloon Festival on the campus of River City Community Church. Yeah. We are part. We partner with the local chamber of commerce here, and there will be 15 hot air balloons. We have hundreds of vendors, and there's games and activities. It is a huge festival. Uh, they have in the evenings, Friday evening, the 29th, will have balloon glow, which is the balloon you see the balloons on the ground, but with the flame, so. Oh. All lights oh, yeah. up. It's a beautiful spectacle. And then, hopefully, weather permitting, the balloons take off on September 30th in the morning. Uh, it's an awesome, awesome event. So it's a two-day event. Yes, it is. Friday night, and then uh, on Saturday, the balloons take off in the morning. That's a beautiful spectacle. People can come out for that. And then in the afternoon, everything kicks off and all the stuff happens. You can go to, to reallife.org slash events to find out more, or you can go to the Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Skylight Balloon Festival, or Skylight Balloon Fest, excuse me. Facebook.com Skylight Balloon Fest, and you can find out about all of it. This isn't the first year you've done this. This is no. a little tradition going on here. Yeah, yeah, we've done this. Man, is it, are we five years yet? Yeah. Four or five years? Uh, but we will have 15, 20,000 people out over the course of the weekend. Yeah. It's going to be great. And it always inspires me that folks, again, may never, didn't know the church was here. Yeah, that's and that's one of our motives. We 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 have people out there, River City people, serving, volunteering, and we're meeting the community. Mm-hmm. And that's what we love. We love to meet people and then introduce them to real life. Uh, with that many people, which sounds like more than last, uh, you need more volunteers too, right? Yes, we do. Yes, we need volunteers. So if you're interested, again, reallife.org slash events, you can sign up to volunteer. Awesome. Well, Pastor Sean, we got a special show today. You've actually helped me out. <laughs> it's what I do. It's what I do. <laughs> How many times is this the story? <laughs> Thanks. No, it's usually the other way around. But yes, you had a need in one of your other programs, and it, you were kind enough to include me and invite me to be a part of that. Well, you were a very good guest on the uh, God and Our Dogs show that airs on Bernie Radio, and you can learn more about God and Our Dogs at GodandOurDogs.com. The host is Meg Greer, and uh, you were gracious enough to sit down with Meg and tell your stories I never heard before. About- well, when you, you said God and Our Dogs, and I'm like, really? What? <laughs> I'm like, excuse me? That's true. <laughs> I'm like, Baron, thank you. You're setting me up with all kinds of things. But it was awesome. Meg was great, and it's a great program. And, you know, she uses the idea of your dogs, and 
we've all experienced this. We learn things about our relationship with God. We learn things about, you know, the heart. We learn great things just from life with dogs. And we've had dogs my whole life as a kid on the farm growing up. So it was great. It was a lot of fun. And Meg did a great job. Cool. Well, let's do it right now. Here's that interview right here on Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro and Meg Greer. Welcome, Pastor Sean. We're so excited to have you on God and Our Dogs. Well, thanks, Meg. It's great to be here. What an interesting show. I love uh, love hearing your description. I love kind of your whole concept behind it. It's a great idea. Oh, well, thank you so much. I, I've learned a lot from my guests, and I'm really excited for what we're going to learn today. Oh, so much. So much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, you may have so many stories, it's going to be hard to choose, because <laughs> you grew up in the country with dogs, and you've also had dogs as an adult. Oh, yes. So, what stories stand out in your mind? Well, I mean, obviously, it started at the beginning. Uh, I grew up on a farm. My dad had dogs. We had lots of German Shepherds. Loved German Shepherds. They were my dad's dogs. And as a little kid, living on a farm, I was given a puppy little German shepherd. His name was Axel. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, great and name for well, a German shepherd. You know, we, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I had this pup and I mean, you know, when you're on a farm, the thing is you're outside all the time. So the dog's with you and it really is conducive for dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, uh, when you have big dogs, if they're not able to be in the house, some people do, some people don't. It's a little harder to have that same kind of bond if you're not outside a lot. Well, wow. we were outside all the time, and I love this dog. And I found out how much this dog loved me because we had a big family. I had two, one cousin in particular, but but the other who are their girls, they're older than I am. Uh-huh. You know, one's a year, the other's a couple of years older than me. And so they would come over when I was a little kid, and I had this dog, Axel, and he was still young, but he was now getting to be a full-grown dog, and they would tease and make fun of me, you know, or, or you know, just what cousins do, right? Oh, well, just yeah. the normal okay. the normal cousin thing, right? It wasn't any big deal. And this dog would nonstop if I got upset, and I'm talking about when I'm four or five years old, I'd get upset. This dog would go, and he would bite him right in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> I love that dog, <laughs> my cousin to this day, you know, and she uh, she reminds me of that dog, and I just lo- loved it. And I, it's not like I'm sicking him; wasn't a trained dog or anything. It's just saw that I was upset, and dogs go nip. They never hurt him, never did, but but they'd go run and cry to my mom, and I'd be, <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh my gosh. Well, you know that that reminds me of some things that people have talked about on the show, actually, and how the voice. Your voice can actually bring life or can bring death. And I wonder mm-hmm. if they were kind of speaking death kinds of <laughs> things to you and your dog was defending you. Yeah, well, I, I don't know what they were speaking, you know, but, <laughs> but, but all I know is when they started screaming and running, I was like, <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know, and it's one of those things, you know, your whole theme is what we learn about God. You know, uh, he's our protector. Right, right? Exactly. and and that dog. What's funny is it wasn't a mean dog. He never bit anybody like that. But you know, he knew I'm his guy. He's my dog, and my cousins start giving me garbage, and you know he would engage, <laughs> <laughs> and, and to know that to this day. My cousin, she'll still talk to me about that dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, it made an impression on you. Oh, yeah. And made an impression on them. How yeah. did it make you as feel as a kid to know that that dog was a protector for you? Well, yeah. Obviously, it makes you feel, you know, you feel empowered. It, it, it endears you. 
to the dog. You know, I think one of the things, and obviously I'm just, they're just my cousins and I was never in any danger. But I think when we go through life, when we feel situations of danger, and for us, sometimes it might be physical, but often it's, okay, financially I'm in danger, you right. know, or the, my relationship I'm in is, is oh, the, I'm not safe or secure in this. Anything that can help make me feel like, no, it's going to be okay. I'm not completely out of control here. Mm-hmm. It, it's a comfort. And that dog, for me, was just a comfort. I knew, okay, they're not going to mess with me when my dog's around. And, you know, as I've grown older, I've seen, you know, obviously as I grew to know the Lord and as I grew to understand who he is and I understood um, the idea of the Lord surrounds his people, you know, mm-hmm. from the Psalms yes. and the idea of he encamps around his people. And that's just a very powerful thought. And it, and we are different when we're not afraid. You know, we, we have a freedom and a boldness and a lightheartedness when we're not riddled with fear. How do you think people can call on God more effectively, more frequently as their protector? We seem to, you know, that we're, we're, Citizens of the United States, yeah. shouldn't you be able to do it on your own? Well, that's right. We, we have this kind of pull yourself up by the bootstraps right. mentality. I think there, there is something about childlike faith. You mm-hmm. know, the scripture says, unless you come to me like a little child, you can't enter the kingdom. Uh, the greatest in the kingdom is going to be like a little child. And that's talking about dependence and trust. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think the simple act of going, and sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's, some people, I think, feel a little embarrassed because, well, you know, it's not very sophisticated. Being a person of prayer, being a person of dependence on God is not something that's sophisticated. Well, you know, I think there's something in saying, forget sophistication. All right. Mm-hmm. I put my pride down. Yeah. You know, God, I need you. I need you. And that's just when I'm in trouble. I need you every day. Mm-hmm. But when I'm in trouble, you know, the big question is, what's the first thing I go to? Not, not the last thing. You know, um, I talk to our people all the time about how I can't stand it when people go, well, all we can do is pray. And it's like the the, the ridiculousness of that statement. All we can do is talk to the alpha and the omega, the great I am, the mighty, the creator of all things. It's like, no, that's the ultimate thing we can do. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't want to have to exhaust all that, all my resources or all my effort before I just say, Father, what do you see here? What do you want us to experience? Mm -hmm. What are you doing and saying in this situation? And I think it's a game changer. Yeah. And so I, I do think that same kind of dependence that I felt on a puppy as a little tiny kid to kind of have my back, I think in a much more serious and significant way, our Heavenly Father, we recognize, okay, this is, <laughs> he, he's the creator of all things. And he said, you know, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And that's a powerful promise. It is. And I also think about it kind of in reverse too, because our dogs depend on us for that protection as well, to provide a home, to provide maybe a fence to keep them right, right, right. safe or mm-hmm. whatever. They're not embarrassed to count on us. No, not at all. <laughs> so why should we be embarrassed to count on God? Right. Yeah. No, exactly right. And I don't, I don't think we should. Dogs, they're very obviously, you know, they're animals. They're, they're simple in that. But they're animals who uniquely, they have an intelligence and they have the ability to connect emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it was, a, it was actually a, daughter, a, a dog of my daughter's um, that we had. He was a little Jack Russell Terrier named Buster. And uh, we lived at a place that had a nice big back area. In fact, my office, I had a, a little studio office in the back but we had a big fenced-in area around it. We had had a horse in it at one point, and now it was just a little fence around this area. And we would put the dog out there, and we let him out 
you know, we, that's where he would go. So he mm-hmm. couldn't run off. And I just remember that dog, I would put him out there. He'd go do his business, come back and stand at that gate and watch that door. And I'm talking about any little shadow that moved around the door. He would be watching intensity, ears forward, watching that door. And I remember looking out the window going, man, Lord, let me watch for you the way that dog wa- is watching for me right now. Oh, that's so powerful. If I could watch for your hand, I could watch for your movement. Lord, the, the expression on your face, may, may I be able to discern and sense that so that I sense your pleasure and I respond accordingly, or I sense your displeasure and I respond accordingly. But it was like the way that dog was just watching with intensity, I thought, man, God. Help me to develop an intensity in my focus on you. I think of, you know, in Hebrews 12, we're told, you know, fix your eyes on Jesus, the Mm -hmm. author and finisher, the perfecter of our faith. And this idea of fixing our eyes on him and being focused. That that dog had no problem, nothing else, because he knew, I'm in the house. That's where warmth is. That's where food is. That's where Mm -hmm. love and companionship is. And he was all about it. Yeah. Yeah. So how can we apply that to our life in a practical way? How do we have that intensity for God? Yeah, that's a great question. I think in terms of this idea of focus. And so, you know, for me, prayer in the word is the way it, it is the beginning of just seeking the Lord. And, you know, each day I begin with just my Bible reading. I begin with prayer. And what's happening is I am, I am soaking my heart, soaking my mind in God, his word, his ways, and have a wonderful time of prayer, pray about what's going on in the day, listen for his voice. And then the thing is, as I go on throughout my day, that's where the idea of praying without ceasing comes mm-hmm. in. It's like, you know, I used to think with that scripture, pray without ceasing. Well, that, I have, I've got a job. I got to go. I got to go to work. I can't just pray, be here on my knees all day. And the whole point is that's not, that's exactly not what you're supposed to do. Praying without ceasing means I'm walking through my day, recognizing that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which mm-hmm. is the spirit of the eternal living creator. He's with me all day long. And, and I just kind of one day thought, Man, if I treated anyone else who was with me all day long and I talked to them as much as I talked to God, would, would I be rude, <laughs> you know? So the, getting into the habit of listening, you know, uh, Brother Lawrence wrote the book, uh, The Practice of the Presence of God, right. and the idea of talking with him and communing with him all day long. See, that's a focus and intensity. So that I'm literally in a meeting at work and it get, gets, it's getting a little tense and I, I retreat back into my spiritual place for a moment. So, Lord, what do you want me to see here? What am I missing here? What do you want to do? I, I, I know what I want to do. I know what my pride is rising up and saying I want to do, or my ambition is saying I want to do. Put all that, at, pull up, push all that back. Lord, what do you want to see? Right. You're making Jesus the center yep. of what your decision is. Yep. He's not an ancillary part of the decision. Yep. It's not a, my faith part isn't a compartment. Uh, one of the rooms in the house in the house of my heart mm-hmm. it is the house and mm-hmm. so it's like saying bringing jesus and i don't it's 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 not bringing him he's already there right um it's this idea of recognizing him recognizing his presence acknowledging his presence submitting to surrendering into his presence so it's a very powerful experience this idea of of focusing on him and praying without ceasing. And I I really, it changes me instantly. I can be having a reaction in the flesh, whether that's anxiety, 
anger, fear. The minute I just be the act of just saying, Jesus, what do you think? It, and it changes. Mm-hmm. I don't even get into, I haven't even gotten any far into it. It's just like, oh yeah, I'm not alone in this. Yeah. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's here. At, okay. Calm down. How do, can we see that not aloneness right. in our everyday life? How can we see that similarity uh, with Christ mm. being the center? When, when I think about dogs, they're, they're very simple and very focused. Um, our most recent dog was a female pit bull. Actually, she was kind of a rescue dog. My brother found her. He couldn't keep her. And so my wife and I took her when she was just very young. And I didn't realize what I was getting. Best dog I've ever had, you mm-hmm. know, and they're all great. Love them all. But she was just a unique dog. And she, at the time, she's an outside dog. We lived out in property, had another big brown lab, wonderful dog. And so they stayed outside. But she was, man, she was single-minded. Whenever that door would open, she would fly into the house and roll up onto the couch. Remember, she's a pit bull. Mm-hmm. She wasn't a huge pit bull, but she wasn't a small dog, right? Yeah. She roll up into a small ball on the couch and it's like, don't even see me. No, nothing to see here. You know, she wanted to stay in, in, in the house, right? Yeah. Because she wanted to be near us. We ended up selling that property and building a place, but we had to be in an apartment and the big lab had passed on. So all we had was her and it was like, okay, well, she'd never been an inside dog. and We're going to this apartment. We moved in that apartment. She never Never, ever went to the bathroom on the floor. Never had a problem. She was housebroken from the first day. She's the most incredible inside dog. And it's just because she just loved to be with us, whatever it was. And she would just watch. If I got up to walk, she would just watch and walk. And such a love of the company of her master. Mm. I mean, that's the way I would Mm -hmm. say that. She loved the company of her master. And that's, I think, that's a clue. Do I love the company of the master? Do I just love his presence? Does the thought of his presence give me joy? Does the thought of not having, not being in his presence, maybe there's maybe some sin, maybe I'm going into places that maybe aren't pleasing to the Lord and, and I feel like, okay, I'm not going to experience his presence in the same way in these places. Does that, does that break my heart? Does that cause me shock and alarm? Um, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Because, again, this idea of just loving being in the presence of the master is something that I, I want to grow in my heart all the time. Yeah. I love how you talked about dogs being simple. It seems like we complicate our life a lot, don't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. A c- couple of things that, that complicate our lives. Um, you know, when you start thinking about hurry um, the idea of, of being in a rush all the time because we're trying to cram more in, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it literally becomes a culture for us. It becomes a, it's a, it's an ethos for, for us. You know, you ask someone, Oh, but Hey, Baron, how you doing? And it, it natural response. Oh, oh, I'm so busy. It's like, why are you out of breath? All of a sudden you've been sitting here for 20 minutes. Now you're out of breath. Oh, it's just, I'm so busy. We even, we say it that way. Right. Uh-huh. It's like, right. Oh, and, and there's this natural, uh, hurry, and busyness that we we cram our schedules too full and we we rush all the time and i've even been i've gotten into almost in, at times in my life in the habit of being in a hurry like i don't really really need to be somewhere on time but i'm telling my wife come on baby we got to go we got to go we said we're going to go why we don't have to be there at that time well that may be a good point but we still got we still got to hurry it's ridiculous right yeah, right but it it's is. it's our clock uh-huh. and that's part of the complication you're talking about yeah. where whereas Dogs 
are, are simple, you know, animals in general. You know, Jesus used the illustrations of animals in Matthew chapter 6. Look at the birds of the air. They don't, they don't sow, reap. They don't store in barns, and yet Father feeds them. Right. They're, they're not in a hurry. Our anxiety and worry complicates everything. And if we could just realize, i got to slow down. i got to look for the master. That's 90% of it. And then just do what he says. Listen for his voice. Do what he says. It's a secret to discipleship. It's a secret to life. Listen for Father's voice. Do what he says. Mm-hmm. And you'd be amazed at how things just work. You know, it's interesting that you say listen for the Father's voice because most of the time it's not audible. You know, maybe there's been an audible word that we hear during our life. That's a special time for sure. Right. How can we look for that? kind of relationship with God. When you talk about hearing God's voice, that is a, it's funny, that's a skill that is learned, mm-hmm. you know, and we can, we grow in that and understand so much how, the, how that's the point. We think the thing I'm supposed to do, God, what's your will? What am I supposed to do here? And that is, that's important. I'm not saying it's unimportant, but the process of learning to discern his will, the process of learning to hear his voice, that's even more important. And I wish we could understand that, that, that the key, this idea of listening for cues through the word of God, through what's happening. You, you pray about something in the morning and all of a sudden someone says something to you later that day and you just know, wait a minute, that's exactly what I prayed for. Or something comes across your desk or comes across your, your calendar. And you're like, that, that's exactly what we prayed for. You know, be looking for mm-hmm. the move of God. God is immensely creative. He works through lots of different ways, right. people, circumstances. So just know that we it all begins in the word of God. It begins by being a person who, you know, in the word we hear his voice, but we also hear the kind of things he says. And then as we walk through our days, keep our eyes open. I think a healthy prayer life where you're bringing things before God because I think he delights in showing his kids that he's listening and that he it pleases him that they're trusting him. How do you recommend that people read God's word? Start at the beginning in the Bible and read all the way through, read gospel. Uh, what, what do you recommend? I think there's lots of plans that are available. Uh, I love the YouVersion uh, Bible app because it's mm-hmm. so easy to use. I, I do a plan, and you know, a lot of people like to read the whole Bible every year. On my main Bible reading, I do a plan where it's two chapters a day so that there's time to slow down and kind of look at what's happening in the passages, listen for God's voice through the passages. It's an Old Testament and a New Testament passage. In Every year you'll have read through the whole New Testament Psalms, and then two years you'll have read through the whole Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So every year it's the New Testament Psalms and half the Old Testament, then the next year is the whole New Testament Psalms and the other half of the Old Testament. And it's a great pace. and Because, again, the goal is not to rush through. The mm-hmm. goal is to hear God's voice, to, to, to learn of him, to discern him. So I like to read like that systematically. And then, of course, I'm always doing, I mean, I'm a pastor. I'm always doing other Bible right. reading and sermon prep and studies. Um, but I think a good basis of I'm reading through the scriptures regularly. There's mm-hmm. lots of one-year Bible plans, if that's a pace you like. That's generally about three chapters a day, maybe a little bit more. Um, and the the two-year Bible plan on version is, and it's all based on Robert McShane, a uh, Scottish uh, Christian leader who uh, just has a very well-known Bible reading plan. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I, I just think some regularity and consistency going through the Word, and then as the Lord speaks with you, other things. I like to have a gospel reading, because there are seasons, obviously, in my plan that don't have a gospel reading. Right. I'll often just say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include a gospel reading each day because I want just some time with Jesus. Right, right. 
Well, that's so fascinating. And also, I like the U version because for people who are commuting or walking or running, yep. you can listen to yep. the Bible too using yep. the U version app. All the translations. It, yeah. it is a fantastic resource. Yeah. yeah, that's great. My dog does not like it, though. My dog does not use it. <laughs> Well, you know, we can treat our our dogs well uh, that we might learn (laughs) when we listen to it that day or read it that day. You're so right. Well, I love the idea of real life. Can you just take a minute and tell us what you mean by real life? Well, in John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you life and that more abundantly. And we've paraphrased that to say, I've came to give you real life, Mm -hmm. life in Christ, this, this sense of living the destiny and the purpose that God intended you for through Christ, through mm-hmm. forgiveness and through his spirit residing in you. That's real life. I also, the, the phrase real life is a little bit of a double entendre because I believe the gospel is relevant in real life. And I mean, it's just not church life, but it's, it's work, it's your family, mm-hmm. all the stuff of life. The gospel is transformative in every area of your life. So yeah. the life of Jesus working through us in every single way. And you sure given given us some really good um, ideas about how to do that today, too. I love that. Well, Pastor Sean, thank you so much for being our guest today on God and Our Dogs. It's been delightful. Thanks for having me. Pastor Sean, Buster, how'd you come up with the name Buster? <laughs> well, we're nothing if we're not original. <laughs> very, very cool. Did you leave out any dog you didn't uh, talk about? Oh, yeah, there were lots of dogs. Yeah. We had all kinds of dogs. Yeah, when you grow up on a farm, yeah. you have. we loved animals. My parents loved animals. My kids love animals. Both my kids have dogs, so yeah. dogs have been a big part of our life. So those were just ones that, you know, stood out, and Meg was asking great questions, and so, you know. Unlike just, this guy. Well, <laughs> no, it was great. You do a great job. But it was just a great interview. It was fun, uh, very different from what we usually do. So yeah. I thought it'd be interesting. Thought you folks might like to hear it. Uh, Pastor Sean, are you teaching this Sunday? Uh, yes, I am. Very yes, good. I am. We're continuing the, the City on a Hill series, talking about stewardship. And uh, it's been a great couple of discussions, and we're going to continue that. Well, that starts at 930 and 1130 every Sunday morning at River City Community Church on Lookout Road. So did you, did you make reservations? Uh, you, you can just show, show up. We'll save a space for you. We'll find a place. <laughs> Can I bring my dog? Uh, Uh, Yes. Yes, we have (laughs) TVs out in the courtyard. Yes, exactly. (laughs) There you go. Pastor Sean, God bless you. Final thought? That's it, Baron. Hey, thank you guys for listening. We sure appreciate it. It means a lot. You can find out more about us at reachingforreallife.org, or you can find out more about River City at reallife.org. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you listening, and pray that you experience the Lord's presence all day long. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com